Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jorzen. Hi everyone, welcome to Romantic Truth. I'm Jocelyn, your host, and today we're going to talk about aging and dating. More specifically, we're going to look at relationships where you have an age differential. Now, I posted an article that has an abstract on facebook.com backslash romantic truth in regards to a Danish study that was done in regards to this process over in Denmark. So I'll be referencing some of those uh, issues. That was a security team member in the background checking her voice octaves to make sure that she can bark and people will run. All right. um, With this, let's get some things out in the open. Ageism is real when it comes to dating and relationships. What do I mean? People are discriminated against because of their age, whether they're too young or too old. And this is an individual preference. This is not something that's a sweeping uh, generalization because people have their own preferences. But we will look at some of, we're going to look at some of the data from this study that was done in Denmark as a cross-reference. Now, the one thing that I want you to understand is that there are some considerations that people have when it comes to dating. Some of them, believe it or not, are psychological. People will have a certain dating range that they will go. Women usually go five years older or five years younger in the U.S. on average when it comes down to a male partner. Now, others, though, may go 10 years. Some even stretch it as far as 20. What we find is that the people that go for the longer age gaps are usually with someone who is financially established. Not always the case, but more often than not, it is. What happens a lot of times with these situations is that a woman in her 20s, for instance, may start out with a relationship with someone in her peer group. She may get a pregnancy from it, or things just may not work out. It may be immature as she sees it. So she thinks the next option would be to date an older man. And she's looking for stability because, see, during the younger stages of her development, she's dealing with a lot of emotional instability and financial instability with a partner. They're young. They don't really have the experience. They're not making the money that older people make. So, therefore, she may be inclined to look for a man who's more stable. You even see younger women do this even in their teenage years where they're dating 20-some-odd-year-old men and having children by them. Now, let me understand one thing and get one thing straight to you. In the United States, the age of consent in some states are 16 years of age, 17 years of age, and 18 years of age. Which means that, like for instance, in California, it's 18 years of age. In Nevada, it's 16. So if a person were to marry someone 
was 16 here in, in Nevada that was a full-blown adult. If they went to California, they could probably be brought up on charges, depending on whether or not the state recognizes their marriage based on the statute for age. You may want to check with an attorney if you are in some way inclined to have those kinds of uh, relationships, which I don't condone because you're not giving the person a chance to actually develop. Wait until they're 21. Or wait really until they're 25. And the reason for that is to give them a chance to know themselves. Give them a chance to feel out what is right for them and what's not. For them to have their own little way of doing things. To get their own mechanisms down. You're robbing them of their youth at such a young age. Now, the other thing that we have to look at, too, is this. In the study in Denmark, the men were usually three years older than the women on average. But we have to look at some of the considerations that are deterrents for people to date older people that are younger. The younger people look at it from the standpoint that, yes, you got declining health to consider. You have the fact that this person may be mismatched with you as far as uh, interests, uh, social, cultural um, nuances, such as music, such as uh, art, those kind of things, even films. 25%. Of this concern is due to things that will happen that the person can't control with the process of aging, such as maybe erectile dysfunction, things such as maybe the women going through menopause, drying out. Um, these things are to consider. And this is why a lot of them are deterred from actually looking at an older partner as a potential partner. Now, the other 75% of that is based on the lifestyle of the older person. Do they smoke? Do they drink a lot? Are they eating healthy? Are they exercising? That's the area in which they have some say and some control over. Are they on medication? Now, the younger person may feel as though they're being robbed of their youth by being with someone who's older. It's like being on a forced march and you have that one person that's lagging behind and you always have to go back to make sure they're still walking. And so that can be rather burdensome. Now, what you will find also is that people who have had an experience of taking care of an elderly parent, maybe the kid got stuck with grandparents at 17 and they had to be pretty much their gopher. And then their parents age and then they're taking care of the parents, and now they're in their 30s, and they may not be looking for someone in their 40s or 50s or 60s because they want a break from that routine of always being the caregiver. This is the biggest fear for most people that get involved with people that are older. So this is the reason why a lot of folks keep it within 3 to 10 years as far as the age differential. Now, there are other things to consider. You'd have to consider the fact that how would it appeal to them socially when they're out with others? I know people love to say, well, I don't care. I love who I love. That's all well and good. But people, no matter who you are, you have feelings. 
and in some cases people not treated with the same respect as others. Women pay a high penalty for being older in our society compared to men. Men are distinguished, women are refined. So therefore, when a woman gets with a younger man, especially if she's like in her 40s and he's in his 20s, well, another man in his 40s would look at that woman as being someone that maybe is trying to seek her youth, or maybe someone who hasn't developed emotionally and still have a 28-year-old mindset. Now, when it comes down to designating these relationships, the way it goes is if the woman is younger and the man is older, that's a May-December relationship. If the man is younger and the woman is older, then that's a December-May relationship. Now, with these, the latter is frowned upon the most in our society. Because when a man is with the older woman and he's younger, she looks as if, to society for the most part, as if she's robbing him of his manhood. She's taking advantage of him because she couldn't handle a real man in her own age range or older. And so that's the reason why a lot of these women who classify themselves as cougars, they are usually marginalized. And the reason why they are is because a lot of young men look at them as being nothing more than just sex objects. They might be that teacher they wanted to screw when they were little or mom's best friend that he wanted to screw when he was little. But outside of that, he doesn't see any value in her beyond that because he knows that she's going to get older. And as she gets older, he has to consider some of the changes that she will undergo as far as aging. Also, she has to deal with the children that she will have that will be adults. How would they relate to that kind of situation? So there are a lot of factors that women have to consider before dating a younger man. And even women now have to be careful about the age range in which they go in. So, for instance, if a woman is 68 and she has a son that's 35, well, she knows that she can't go into the 30s to date him, to date a young man. So he'd have to be 40 plus, at least 45 and up. So in that way, there would be an age gap between the children and her man. Now, that doesn't necessarily lead to respect from the children. But she is trying to respect the children by going younger and being with them. Now, what caused many of these women to go younger? Well, one of them has to do with the death rate of men. Men die before women. And so with that, what happens then, they're looking for people in their peer group, but it's kind of limited. And so now what did they have to fall back on? Going down line, getting a younger man. Some women are actually forced to do this because of the demographics in the area. Others will just abstain and wait until they find someone. So they might get into a long distance relationship with someone in their peer group that they could relate to. Now, the other thing too, is that younger people look at older people as being set in their ways. Because as you become older, you become a little bit more conservative, a little bit more religious. These younger people are not there yet. They're on the liberal side of things for the most part. And they don't depend on God as much. Now, with this, you have a disconnect. And some people will try to make it work. A lot of them just let it go. But here's the thing you have to keep in mind. 
in each of these situations, there's a certain form of homogeneity that actually keeps them in sync. So take, for instance, like if you're in Iran, it's not uncommon for a 40-year-old man to marry a 14 or 15-year-old girl, if not younger. But this is something that's culturally congruent to that particular country. You look at something like the United States, you don't see that as much. You do see it, but not on a grand scale. Most of these younger women that are 16, 17, if a 20-some-odd-year-old guy approaches them, usually the answer is, no, you're too old. I'm a child. However, in many cases, it's a situation where the girl may think that it's okay because parents are very permissive and therefore go on and do your thing. You will find this mainly in a lot of economically depressed environments. I was on YouTube one night and this girl was 14 years old celebrating her baby shower. They treated it like it was a high school graduation. She had all these gifts and everything and the father of the child was in his 20s. And everyone that commented the mother of this girl cut them down like they were nothing. You don't know the situation. You don't know him. He's a good man, etc., etc. But see, what you have to remember, too, is this. It also gives you a window into a person's emotional development also. In some cases, when you see these people that specifically go for very young people. Now, we have laws to protect young folks. And some people don't care. That's very problematic to society in general. Now, the other thing that we have to deal with is that when you're dealing with someone, take for instance, I'm 60. The youngest woman I could possibly date that I would feel comfortable with would be no younger than about 35. And the reason being she's had enough life experience and enough time to have really looked at our whole picture as to where she wants to go in life. Now, that would be a considerable age gap, wouldn't it? About, what, 25 years? So let's see what's happened in those 25 years. Throughout that time, that means that she was born, what, the late 90s, maybe? Somewhere around there? That would mean that the things that she would have questions about prior to her birth... I would know the answers to, for the most part. She could ask me about Watergate. She could ask me about the Old South. She could ask me about the Space uh, Challenger catastrophe, those kind of things. Now, when it comes down to us relating to each other, she would probably just be learning about certain songs, music, and that kind of thing. I could go and bring that back and put it a little bit more of a reference to what the meaning of the song was, why it was written during that time, about the artist, those kind of things, things that she wasn't exposed to. The exchange would be she would educate me on the nuances, on the modifications, on the newer level of thinking from her generation. So these are the pluses that you have when it comes down to any kind of relationship where you have this age differential. Now, the problem is, is that 
there are certain things that you already know as an older person that this person has yet to learn. And they haven't figured it out yet, but they think they have the formula for the Rubik's Cube of life, and they don't. And then when they realize some of the things you have told them, then they start to sit back and listen and learn. And you're doing the same thing with them. But see, it always has to be reciprocal where you're learning from each other. It can't be a thing where it's a one-way street. I'm older, I know the best, you just follow me and that's it. And unfortunately, a lot of men take that approach when they get with younger women. I'm man, you woman, you follow. Now, as I told you before, I dated a considerably, a considerable number of older women growing up. When I was in my 20s, most of the women were in their late 30s into their 40s. I married a woman that was 10 years older than I was. And I learned a lot from her. But here's the thing that I will tell you. When it comes down to aging, you have to consider several other factors as well. Family structure is one. Usually if you're an older man, you're dealing with a woman in her 30s or 40s. She's probably going to have kids, probably teenagers. That means that's going to take a lot of energy because of the fact that at that time, they're getting into themselves. They're knowing more about who they are. They're challenging authority. Some of them will become rebellious, and you got to see whether or not you're ready for that. Others may choose to deal with a woman who's older, who already has grown kids and they're out of the house, and they can go on with their lives. Now, what you'll wind up with, and a lot of men have complained about this, and I've even complained about it, running into women who can't cut the apron strings. So he's 40 and still at home, and she's 60, trying to get him out of the house still. But she's trying to do it in a way where he doesn't go out there in the world and get bruised up. And sometimes they can't let go because they're so accustomed to being a nurturer. And that's maybe the only role that they've had in that child's life. And so that's all they know. And they don't want to give that up because they feel as though they will be useless afterwards. You have some people that get into their aging, grandparents, grandmothers, and they're the resident babysitter. And so their dates consist of babysitting grandkids. And they wonder why a lot of times they have problems with sustaining a relationship with that encumbrance. Now, the other thing too, physical changes is another problem. You have women now in their 60s that won't date a man that's in his 60s or 70s because of things such as erectile dysfunction, as far as uh, sugar diabetes, those kind of ailments. So they may have uh, worked on their physical health and therefore they feel as though, well, I feel young, let me get a young man. And they're trying to compete with a lot of these younger women. But the problem that they have is that eventually time is going to catch up with them just like they did with the guy. It's not going to go away. Gravity will win every time, no matter how you try to get the surgeries and everything else. As I told you, when I was 
out there in Los Angeles, especially out in Beverly Hills area, you go in the store and you see this lady and she'll have these nice breasts that are up to damn near her chin. No butt, because they usually wouldn't get the butt surgery. And they'd wear a turtleneck. And the reason why they wore a turtleneck was because they had the turkey gobbler. And so they'd put that open, but they wanted to still appear young. They'd dye their hair all kind of crazy colors. And they'd have all the Botox and all the plastic surgery. And after a while, they don't even look natural. They just look like someone that just came out of a mannequin's factory. But yet, that's their incentive and motivation to stay relevant. However, I've seen some women that were older, with gray hair, in some cases white hair, who age very gracefully. I have a friend of mine right now. Her hair is completely white. Even her eyebrow hair is white. Beautiful woman. Gorgeous. She's 73 years old. And she still lives her life. Age appropriate. She has younger men trying to talk to her all the time. Older men trying to talk to her all the time. And she just lives a clean and healthy life. There's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing that I will tell you. You're finding that becoming a lot more rare now. Because you have this actual marketing machine of trying to make women younger. You look at all these diets they have now, all these surgeries and all these treatments they're offering because women have a higher penalty for aging than men do. A guy could have a receding hairline, bald spot, everything else. But see, what happens with women as they age, they have very few chances to point the finger and make fun of older men anymore because they're aging. And after a while, when they're rejected by some of the younger people, it has a devastating effect on them, especially with social media. You go on TikTok or any of these social media platforms and see these women in their late 30s and up complaining about how they can't get a date, how they don't have the body they used to, how they have the the gut and the the biscuit rolls and all the rest of this stuff. But what they fail to realize is that there are men out there who still like women as they are. And they put themselves in a rat race for no reason. It's because they're marketed to that way. And the one thing that I want you to realize is that through all of this, people are more often than not, trying to find an identity, trying to find themselves, trying to redefine themselves, trying to make themselves, in many cases, what they're not or what they would like to be or what they hope to be. And then you have those that maybe were not so attractive when they were growing up, and now they're at an age where they're thinking, well, you know, this is my last hurrah. Let me go get these surgeries. Let me go to the gym. Let me go and attract a man to live the lifestyle I wanted to live when I was in my teens and my 20s. Now, in any case, what we have to face is that no matter how young you feel, time still is keeping time on you. So it's not to be depressed or to kick yourself or to say, 
hey, I'm older, so I'm not that attractive. This is the best time for a woman in particular to do one thing, exploit her personality. You see, the men that have wanted to find women in their 20s and 30s and teens, they're more practical, more realistic. They're aging. They're wearing dentures. They have receding hairlines. So he can't really make that demand of you as a woman to go out and have those surgeries and everything. But some of you do it because you want to for whatever reason. Maybe you were told you were fat when you were younger, whatever. Is beauty worth your life? Because some of you go out and have surgery and the doctor tells you, I'm not doing it. But damn it, you're going to find somebody that does it. There have been plenty of celebrities that have gone down that way. There have been plenty of people who have lost their lives under the knife trying to be gorgeous. And I understand you still want to still have that aura of guys turning their heads, looking at you and saying, wow, she's fine or she's hot. But what you have to also realize is this. What would those men actually do for you besides compliment you? What if you get sick? Would that same guy that said you were fine in a cocktail dress and those high heels with all the Botox and all the plastic surgery be there for you when you're sick? When your life is in jeopardy because of your health? So it's all superficial. And so you have to really look at the nuts and bolts of it. Now, a lot of the ladies that I dated were in their 40s. Many of them had children. Many of them had different reasons for wanting a relationship with a younger man. One lady I dated, I told you about her, down in Newport Beach. She was dying of cancer. The whole time didn't know it. And then she and the family finally told me. And that ended our relationship because the family was going to circle the wagons. They wanted to be taking care of mom. And I respected that and understood it. And these are one of the realities that you will have to face because family is going to play an important role if you're younger dating someone older. That older man, ladies, that you really like so much, and he's really charismatic and he's spending money on you. Well, if he has a daughter, she may not take too kindly to that. She may think that you're exploiting her dad. And these things you have to watch because you put your foot down, dad may side with his daughter. So you have to watch that. It's a whole different dynamic. Now, it's not grossly problematic because I've seen some couples work together. But I will tell you, it's not an easy task. Because you got to deal with the societal pressures, the peer pressures. you got to deal with the family that may have objections to it, which is common. And you may have to deal with the fact that you may not have your partner 
as long as you'd like. This is just the reality of life. And if you get with someone, as I said, who had um, taken care of parents, grandparents in their youth, when they get older, they don't want to have to go through that again. And so you have some women that put a premium on a man going to the gym, working out, even though he's in his 50s or 60s. You have a lot of women that are out there who are sticking by their husbands, even though the husband may have erectile dysfunction. And let me tell you something, ladies, that is a very common thing. 40% of men wind up with erectile dysfunction. And a higher percentage of men over 80 wind up with prostate cancer. That's the way it goes. So what this means a lot of times is that a lot of these older men wind up dying alone. And I know some of you say, well, you know, it's because he, you know, was a badass when he was in his youth. He should have had a family to take care of him. Folks, let me tell you something. When my mother was in a nursing home, I will tell you, she was in a a skilled nursing facility. Let me tell you something. There were women there, men there, who had multiple children from marriages, relationships. Many times, the social worker would have to beg them to just see their parent at least once a year. In some cases, yes, the parents were pretty brutal and assholes. But in a lot of the other cases, they weren't. They had done right by the kids, but unfortunately, sometimes they did a little bit too much and gave them too much. And therefore, they were worth nothing more than the assets that were provided to them. And that's the way they look at it. Now, it would be nice if we had this crystal ball where we could predefine our destinies in life. We don't have that. You don't know who you're going to fall in love with. You may fall in love with someone older or younger. You never know. But you do have to have your standards and your boundaries. One of them being, first of all, the age of consent. That should be a non-wavering boundary without any other consideration. I personally would say if you're over the age of 20, you should be in your peer group. Maybe 18, possibly. But you should be in your peer group so that you both can grow and develop together. You don't want to go down to a teenager. You want to kind of keep it in the 20s. If you're in your 30s, maybe in your 20s. Now, I'm not here to dictate who you fall in love with, But one thing that I am telling you is that when it comes down to cultural relativism, you want someone that's within your range that you can relate to or that you can at least have some sort of dialogue where you guys have a clear understanding of where each other is going and where each other is. A lot of times we just fall in love. That's the reason why I tell you, when you just go into a relationship without a friendship first, you don't know what you're getting. You don't know what you're unpacking. Because you're just seeing the romantic side of it. 
But you haven't taken a look at what the meat and potatoes are when it comes down to the relationship. I'm going to talk more in just a moment. Now, there's one thing that needs to be addressed here. When we talk about an age gap, you could be the same age and still have a gap, believe it or not. What I mean is the person could be more contemporary in their thinking and the other person could be very antiquated in theirs. So you may like streaming music, for instance. They may like still using CDs and carrying around cassette tapes and vinyl and those kind of things. It all depends on environment and exposure. And that's going to really make a difference when it comes to the appreciation of technology, the appreciation of nuances. And so you may be dealing with people that may be into homopathy versus going to a doctor. And that could be problematic as well. I personally don't deal with people that just only deal with home remedies. Sorry. Not going to trust you on that. Not going to do it. Give me someone who's a professional, who's worked at this, who knows what these signs are, know what to look for. I don't want to be the person taking all these home remedies and then wind up at the hospital and they tell you, oh, by the way, yeah, you kind of accelerated the problem. Had you not done that and came to us first, then we could have recommended this or that for you. Self-medication is something that I don't agree with. Just my own personal opinion. I'd rather have someone who's smarter than I am, who studied it and knows it more than I do. I have no problem deferring to a professional at any time, even on this show. At the end of it, we run the disclaimer and we tell you to go to a professional. That's being personally responsible. All right. So, we also look at the fact that a lot of people view it from the standpoint of you should be at a certain stage in your life as you age. And sometimes we equate that with financial gain, uh, the allocation of resources, those kind of things. Well, we could start out with a plan, all young folks do. It doesn't mean that at the end of it is going to wind up the way you had planned it to happen. I had my career already mapped out. Three careers. International business, information technology, and broadcasting. Those were the three careers. And I had planned to retire at about maybe 70 or 80. Damn near was going to die on the mic. That's where I planned to do it. However... I came up with this disability at age 50, what, 58, 59, where I really had to make a decision on how I was going to alter and change my life in order to sustain myself. And you're faced with those choices. Now, was that in the whole prism of my view of life? It was a consideration, but it wasn't really there because it wasn't happening to me when I was younger. But I knew there was potential of it happening. And when it did, I had to live with it. I had to abide by it. 
And of course, you had the people that had the home remedies that would tell you, oh, you know, the reason why you have glaucoma is because you didn't pray enough. You didn't go to church enough. You didn't tithe enough. Oh, I heard it all. You could really see if you want to see better. You're just doing that because you don't want to see better. Well, it's easy for a person to say who has their sight at 2020. So you have a lack of sensitivity that you have to deal with as an older person. And a lot of it's due to the lack of understanding of the younger person. Because see, when you get around in your late teens into your 20s, you want to be a know-it-all because everybody's been telling you what to do and telling you how to think and telling you how to do everything. So you want to rebel and kind of be your own person and make those snap decisions, even though you haven't thought them through that well. Because it makes you feel confident that you're right, even when you're wrong. Sometimes you got to pull back and really think it through and say, well, if I do this, the consequences are this, and that would lead to this. And But see, a lot of younger people are impatient, and they'll call that overthinking. No, that's called planning, something that many of you will need to work on as you go through life. Because I'm going to tell you something. Operating without a plan in your life is going to be a detriment to you and whoever you're with, whether they're older or younger. So you need to really think about where you're going, what are you going to do in life, and and think about what-if scenarios. A lot of you don't think that way. You look at young people. Many of them don't carry life insurance. They're thinking that they're going to be able to go to work every day and everything's going to be fine. Not thinking about the fact that there could be an accident, or something else. You never know. They could be injured. And we have to look at it. A good percentage of people who die under the age of 35 is associated with accidents, things that they have done, whether it's drug overdoses or whatever. And you got to remember how you treat yourself is how you treat others. If you're using drugs, well, you're letting drugs use you then what do drugs users do? They use people. And you have to think about these things. You gotta clean yourself up. Instead of sitting there talking about doing it, the hardest step is the first one. The rest of it is easy. But that's the most difficult aspect of it. And you have a lot of people that go into rehab and they're just placated because Family's paying a hell of a lot of money for them to be there. So it's more or less like Club Med. I dated a couple of women that had gone through rehab. They had the resources. And basically, the place kissed their asses the whole time. When they got out, they were no better off than they were before. And they had to use their own personal will in order to protect themselves from themselves. Now, the other thing, too, there's some psychological issues that you have to deal with as you age. The reality of things you can't do anymore. And one of the most frustrating things that people face, and you've written in about it, how one person is working out going to the gym in a relationship and the other one is at home watching TV. Prime example, Marla 
out of Pensacola, Florida, wrote me about how she's going to the gym and she's running three miles a day and her husband is sitting at home. They're the same age and they're in their 60s. Well, the husband has diabetes and she's thinking that if she gets him out and gets him under the same regimen that she's under, that he'll be magically cured. Well, he's got some other physical ailments that I'm not going to go into, but what it comes down to is he's limited. And what has happened is she's grown a lack of sensitivity because she's become very centric in her thinking. Oh, if I can do it, you can do it. And they don't want to hear the excuses, right? They're like Judge Duty on the bench. Don't want to hear it. But what you have to understand is that Many times people do things for a reason and they don't do things for a reason. And that gap in understanding is problematic. There was a lady that wrote me out of Los Angeles. Her husband has erectile dysfunction and she's gotten to the point now where she's quit having sex with him and she has sex with other men. This is not an uncommon thing. She still loves him, won't divorce him. He's a veteran. She's sticking by him 100%. But she feels guilty whenever she's with another man. She wants to be with her husband. But he can't take any of the uh, Viagra or the Cialis because of his condition. And she's frustrated. And it's a hell of a place to be in. And this is the reason why a lot of women don't want to date older men. Based on that fear. And then you have older men that are still vibrant and still got it. That's 60% that are out there wanting to get with everything that moves. But what we have to look at, if your relationship is really grounded and bonded, you guys will figure out a way to make love to each other. Trust me. But for some people, they get worn out when it comes down to the caregiving of the partner. And they manifest that frustration in depriving that partner of intimacy. So they take on the role of a nurse or a roommate to distance themselves. And in some ways, the person that is older is objectified. I remember with the young lady that I was dating who had cancer, never told me her kids were the ones. And they asked me if I would respectfully just fade away because they didn't want things complicated. In other words, they didn't want the emotional burden on their mom to still try to retain a relationship while she was undergoing her services. And I understood it. It was tough, because I really liked her. But it was something I had to deal with. Eventually, she passed on. 
when I talked to her daughter, she spoke about me from what her mother had told her, like I was the best thing since sliced bread. We had a lot of fun. We went out together. We danced. We drank. It was a wonderful time. It was just one of those things where I had to learn that, hey, we're all mortal. And you never know when it's going to end. The situation I told you about when uh, I met that lady that night at the club. And we were dancing. Everybody thought we were married because we were so into each other. And we just, it just was right. I didn't know when I kissed her when I walked her to her car. And she told me she was going to come over and get the bracelet from me the next day. And that was the last time I was going to see her alive. Had no idea. So you learn about dealing with grief, dealing with loss. Another reason why people, younger people, won't date older people is they don't want to be reminded of that. That at some point, that person is not going to be with them. And they don't want to have that void. So they'd rather be with someone in their age group so that if that was to come to fruition, it would be a little bit more acceptable. As opposed to going into a situation where the guy's like 60 my age and she's 28. But these are things that you have to contend with. We all are discriminated against on some Accord, whether it's our race, whether it's our age, whether it's our height, whether it's our eye color, hair color. Everybody has preferences. But we have to understand, too, that as we go through this process, the person who's discriminating now will be discriminated against later. No matter how fine you try to be, no matter how many surgeries you have, I'm talking about cosmetic, not life-saving surgeries. But these are things that happen. Now, with this, if you're younger, you got to set your expectations at a different level if you're dealing with someone older, and depending on how older. Usually your body starts to start breaking down around 45. That's when you start that process of decline. Now, for some people, it's a little bit later. Depends. And what happens then, a lot of things change. Your priorities change. The kind of people that are in your life or around you change. You start to think about people who will have more longevity in your life, people that really mean something to you. And you get rid of all the superficial and the riffraffs. You get rid of all those folks the people that only call you when they need something. They don't call you to say how you're doing. 
You don't call to wish you a happy birthday or Merry Christmas or Thanksgiving. Some of you feel as though you're falling your life away, you're healthy, and you're in your 50s or 60s, and you're just looking for someone to love you, and you're looking to love to some looking for someone to love. But you're afraid of what's out there. You're afraid of getting your feelings hurt. You're afraid of being crushed. You're afraid of being told you're too old. You're afraid of being told that you look this way or you behave this way. The only thing you can do is be yourself. But don't be too much of you. And what I mean by that is don't get full of yourself. Because some people do as they age. And they make them unattractive to anyone, whether they're in a peer group or not. You will find that people will use age as a weapon against you. Be in a relationship with you. You guys have a disagreement? Well, hell, you're going to be dead anyway. I don't know what I'm doing with this old-ass senior citizen or this old-ass person. You never want to use that if you're with someone that's older. Because you're stating the obvious thing that you both have been trying to avoid throughout your relationship from hearing it from other people. There are enough people out there to tear you down. There are enough people to call you old. There's enough people to call you broke down. I told you once about the lady who told me that she wouldn't date me when I found out I had glaucoma. She said, no, I don't want to be taking care of nobody. I'm not going to be going there, walking around with you, and you embarrassing me with a stick and a dog and all this other stuff. The very same person that wound up ill after she broke up with me. If you don't go to the doctor, you think you're fine just because of the way you look. That was her. Eating all the greasy foods and all the rest of the stuff. Not taking care of herself. But yet, didn't want anyone broke down. Now, a couple of things we got to look at also. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Another thing we have to look at also, and that is when you're dealing with an older person, and I've dated many older women in the past, one of the things that's going to be a major issue for many of you young men dating these older women is going to be self-esteem. In some cases, they're dating you because they have low self-esteem. Let's put that out there. In other cases, it's because they can't find anyone in their own age range. In other cases, it's a fixation that they have being with someone younger, whether it's a fantasy, 
or whether they want to relive their youth. But usually it's, it stems from the insecurity of aging. This is the reason why, guys, a lot of women, especially older women, sometimes are reluctant to be with a younger man. They don't want to be embarrassed. They don't want to be hurt. They don't want the ridicule. They don't want the shame. Because women are very, very cognizant about their bodies. And they look at it from the standpoint of no man will want me with these stretch marks, with these sagging breasts, with this cellulite, with this gray hair in my pubic area. But see, that's centric thinking. You don't know that. You haven't gone out and really met someone that really is into you. Beyond those things. And this is the reason why that level of maturity that we talk about, it's not about paying your own bills. It's not about just buying your own car and working your ass off. It's also about emotional maturity. It's about understanding. Every woman that I meet, I expect her to have stretch marks, a belly, probably a few extra pounds. That's common. Because culturally, that's what we have in America. You have women that are slender, yes. But as we know, statistics show that Americans as a whole are overbeast. Overbeast. Obese. <laughs> overbeast. I love it. Because, after all, we're populated with a bunch of land mammals that walk around. And whenever we get upset, we shoot projectiles at people. Hopefully, one day, we'll get to a point where we don't need guns in our society. Utopian thought where people will be well-behaved and at some point have a form of civility among us. But we're dealing with the reality of now. And it comes down to we have to treat each other better and with respect. You have some people that get into these relationships in order to teach or train others specifically there are others that do this as a form of control there are some people that actually get involved in these relationships so that I'm talking about older people with younger people so that they could correct some of the mistakes they've made in their own lives through others it's not the way to go You want that person to be an individual, independent, having the same luxury you had of living your life. And if you guys get along, so be it. Get along. Develop the relationship. Don't let age be a factor. Some of the women I dated that were in their 40s, It was just like I was dating someone my own age, if not younger. Their personality. 
the way they approach things, the way they dealt with conflict, the way they dealt with issues. And it was a pleasurable experience. It all depends on what the two of you make it. The two of you have the opportunity to work together, just like in any other relationship, to make it work. But you got to put your egos aside, and you got to put the societal and social pressures aside. It's unfair for a younger person to make the demands in their peer group of someone that's older. Totally unfair. Where they're being judged in that manner. The reason why a younger person benefits from older persons from the wisdom they have, and the older person benefits not from the youth the other person has in order to create an identity for themselves, but from learning some of the things that may alter their conventional thinking in a positive way. Instead of sitting there taking black trough and 666 and all the rest of these other potions, that younger person's going to the doctor and say, hey, you need to go get checked out too. In order to motivate Now, the worst thing a younger person can do with an older person is criticize them for their age. Criticize them for not being as active as they are. By the same token, an older person should not criticize a young person for what they don't know. Because you were there once. Try to cultivate and educate them. but in a way that's loving, where you're both growing. See, what you do is you take that dynamic, you turn it on its head, where it's mutually beneficial as a form of developing the relationship, just like you would in a normal relationship. The only difference is you got that age gap and your wisdom combined with that person's ability and willingness to learn actually help you both grow. And it's going to benefit the younger person in the long run. Even if you pass on before they do, you've given them a gift that they can go forward with. A tool where they can navigate through life much better. That's what it comes down to. So, these relationships are based more than se- based on more than sex, I would hope. Yeah, you get divorced, you want a younger guy, ladies, you go and have a fling with the younger guy. And after that's done, what else? What's next? You got that out of your system. But you're still dealing with loneliness. You're still dealing with someone that you would like to communicate with and connect with, you might not be able to do it with a younger guy because he hasn't gone through the experiences you've gone through. 
And as older people, you got to watch your insecurities. Falsely accusing them of being with someone else when they weren't. In order to have more control. Because that insecurity can actually block you out from any kind of benefit that you'll have in the future with that person as far as a relationship. Because if you accuse a person of something long enough, they will say, well, what the hell? I'm already being penalized for something I didn't do. I might as well do it. Why jeopardize your relationship like that and you don't have to? Unless you have factual evidence and then you can go in and move on. Another thing, and I ran into this problem many years ago. There was one older lady that I talked to. And she would get on the phone and would want to talk for 10, 11 hours. I didn't talk to her for 10, 11 hours. But she told me that's what she liked doing. I said, well, that's not going to work for us. If we're going to be together... We're not going to be doing these extended phone calls. At most, 15, 20 minutes. No, but, you know, I like talking. I said, well, you know what? You need to find someone that you can have a chat buddy with and talk with. And she's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And she wondered why she didn't have any friends. Well, the reason why she talked him to death. And when I explained that to her, she said, yeah, my husband said the same thing. That's why he left. And I asked her, I said, well, don't you think maybe you could modify your behavior a bit because someone that close to you told you that? And I'm sure he didn't tell you that out of malice. He told you that to help you. When in one ear came out the other. You will have people that will be setting their ways. Was I going to try to change her? Nope. We went our separate ways. No need of trying to change her. She was already set where she wanted to go with it. And these are things you have to do. Because if you don't, you're going to wind up crumpling yourself up in a relationship that's not comfortable for you or the other person. Now, this leads to another thing that you run into. Separated people. They may have been separated for decades. But they're looking for someone for a relationship. And you're single. And it's going good for a minute. You're having sex. You're cohabitating or whatever. But in the back of your head, you're still thinking, this is somebody's spouse. I had a friend of mine that 
wound up with an older lady who was separated from her husband for a decade. She was in her 50s. He was in his 30s, early 30s. And, oh yeah, she was just like the wife, cooking the food, being sexy, and doing all this stuff. And one day he told her, he said, you know, I really like you, but I want a woman of my own. And she said, well, you know, coming in here, you should have known that I wouldn't leave him my husband because I would have divorced him a long time ago. I'm staying with him for his benefits. Then she got upset with him because he was leaving. And she said, oh, you're just like the others. And he felt kind of down because he didn't want to be classified like some of the other guys she had talked about. And I told him, I said, no, that's a cry for help. What she's doing is telling you, prove me different and stay with me. And you would be a fool to do it. And he thought about it and he said, you know, I think you're right. He said, because I want my own woman. I want my own kids. I want my own family. And I told him, I said, now what's kicking in is your survival instinct. Because you know you're getting older. And now you want someone of your own. You want a family of your own. Something that you can say, hey, this is what I created. And he thought about it. He said, yeah, you're right. He said, you're right. He said, the pussy was good. Um, The food was good. But our relationship wasn't going to go any further than that. He said, I always felt like when I was on a date that I was with somebody else's wife. And he told me, he says, how much do you think I could trust her commitment if she's cheating on her husband with me openly for 10 years plus, along with other men in the past? He said, I can't trust her. Right. Now, there are a lot of you that are probably thinking, well, you know, yeah, that's right, dating an older person is out. No, it shouldn't be. You should have it on a case by case basis, just like I used to do. You miss out on some good people along the way. The only thing I would say is just don't marry with, don't mess with someone married. It's a complication you don't have to deal with. You're hurting yourself by doing it. One thing that we'll run into too, as well, are widows. Usually, widows have either had two experiences, a good one or a bad one with their ex-husband. More often than not, I've found that many of the widows that I dated had a good relationship with the husband. And what happens, unfortunately, for some, even though they say they have made peace with it, a lot of them haven't. I had one lady that wanted me to dress like her husband. Wasn't gonna do it. And I told her, I said, no, I'm me. I can't do that. I can't be him. She asked me, could you please try? I said, no. Mm-mm. 
And, you know, I had to deal with the missteps with her calling me his name all the time. And it had been years since he had passed away, almost seven years. And she told me, she said, that's the reason why I don't get close to people. I just go have sex with them, get my needs met, and I move on. I got it. But not all widows are the same. I've dated some that were really upbeat, funny, had a wonderful time, would never marry again. Well, they couldn't marry because of this one lady in particular, because she got the legacy benefits from her husband after after he died. So I really couldn't be with her. We had constraints. Don't want to deal with nothing like that. I want to have the freedom of choice. So if we decide that we want to get married, we get married. No ifs, ands, or buts. And I will tell you one thing that will help you, men and women, as you age, eliminate as much debt as you possibly can. Even if you're on a fixed income. The reason being, knowing how much you owe and knowing how much you make is vital. But some people still have that mindset that I'll spend just like I'm still working. And you're on a fixed income and you can't. And then you're going into debt. Going into your senior years. As I told you, when you get around 45, you should be in debt abatement mode. Because you got 20 years to pay off as much as you can so that when you retire that money you put away in your 401k and all the rest of those retirement funds those dollars are going to be worth less when you retire it's a lot of money now while you got it and you're working try living off of it without making the kind of money you used to make when you were working and you're on social security and you're only bringing in about 1400 bucks a month it's going to be a challenging situation. Might even have to relocate to another community in order to live. I know some people that when they got on Social Security, they moved overseas because they couldn't afford to live in the States anymore. Because they're living over there, they'd be struggling here. What you would make on Social Security at about $1,400 a month is equivalent to the median salary in the Philippines of a working person. This is the reason why some people are relocating based on that premise. Cost of living has increased exponentially, especially after COVID and after we had the uh, that uh, supply chain issue. Rents have gone up immensely. 
In one place, they went up $500 a month. Until they priced themselves out of the market. So these are some of the things that we contend with as we age. We'll continue. Now, in conclusion, let's talk about something people don't want to talk about. Let's say you're in your 50s and your partner's in their 70s. And your partner knows that the years are numbered. And therefore, they're trying to make arrangements, final arrangements. They're still healthy, still active, but they want to make sure that things are paid in advance. Funeral expenses, that kind of thing. Mortgage being paying up, paid off and that whole thing. A lot of people don't like thinking about that. But here's what you have to realize. If you've had a solid relationship for 20, 30, 40, 50 years or whatever the time frame is, By this time, you have developed a rapport with your partner to address these things. So that, in that sense, your partner is not left there flat-footed, standing alone, sucking their thumb. There was one lady that used to go out with us a lot. She was in her 60s. Monica's best friend. Monica used to love her because she would always have her hair done in a different style. Only wore gray hair and would always do it differently. And she was faced with a problem. Her husband was very ill. And they had worked out the will and everything. Everything was all laid out. And this woman had been married to him for 30 some odd years. And we were out that night, and she got a call. Maitre D called her over, and it was her sister. Her sister told her that her husband had passed at home. And of course, she left. We were all sorry, and Monica, you know, went with her to the house to make sure that she could help with any arrangements that were met. The only problem was, unfortunately for him, he never told his wife anything about anything in his personal life, about what was paid, what was not paid, insurance policies, all this stuff. She had to go and she and Monica had to dig through all of this stuff in order to find out what was due her and that kind of thing. And she finally got it together. But I noticed one thing at the funeral. She was very resentful in her eulogy. She said that she loved him, 
She trusted him. But she never felt as though she had earned his love or his trust. And her kids were kind of looking at her sideways like, huh? She didn't know this man had gambling debts. The life insurance policy barely covered the funeral expenses. Monica, Monica had to chip in to help her out with that. She never knew how far in the hole they were. She was about to lose the house, and the children got together and put together enough money in order to keep the house so she had a place to stay. The bank repossessed the car because they couldn't come down with the kind of money they wanted to retain it because the car was well past due. And the reason why he was letting her go out with us, hang out with us so much, was because what he was doing was going out there to the casinos, San Manuel, over there in San Bernardino, out there in uh, Morongo, throwing away thousands of dollars. Money that they needed to live on. That's the reason why I say, folks, the X factor in a relationship There's always one. It may be small, it may be large. You don't know. But I'm sure had she known this was happening, she would have been more participatory. But he placated her with autonomy. It was selfish. It was unfair to her. But that's the way it panned out. Now, folks, um, one thing that I want you to get out of this, and we're going to conclude in the next segment, but one thing I want you to get out of this, if nothing else, if you're going to date someone older, no matter what the age gap is, I want you to consider some of the things that we discussed here today. Good, bad, indifferent. And weigh that against the value of a relationship with that person. If that value to you and to that person of that relationship equals to the weight of the responsibilities that you're going to take on, go for it. Don't second guess yourself. Go for it. If you got any doubts, just stop it while you can Because one thing you have to realize, an older person has very little time to waste time. And this could be someone that's 35 and you're 25. This could be someone 35 and you're 45. This could be someone 45 and they're 55. And each stage of their lives, they have a different set of priorities. And therefore, the last thing they want to do is experience a setback. Do themselves and yourself a favor. If you are not in it beyond just the physical aspect of it, maybe it's best not to get involved at all. We're going to conclude in a moment. Let me see what the dog's barking about. 
All right, folks, let's conclude since I was rudely interrupted by the dogs. They didn't like the, the uh, meaty bone dog biscuit treat. So we had to upgrade their food to milk bone. Finicky little characters. Anyway, <clears throat> I bet you they're union too. Here's what we got to come to grips with in conclusion. Is that we all have different desires and different needs in our lives. And we can't control the packaging sometimes of the people we fall in love with. We fall in love with fat people, people of different races, people of different cultures, different age ranges. The main thing we have to keep in mind, though, is that we want to look for the integrity of the relationship, the quality of it, not the quantity of it. And even if you have a huge age gap, if you love each other and you work to understand and teach each other and learn from each other, and grow with each other. It can work. If you know you don't have the stomach for this type of relationship, don't get involved. Measure the years in which you could probably date someone. Is it five years your senior or five years your junior? Is it 10 years? Is it 15, 20 years? Have an assessment. Hear them out. And let me tell you one thing, especially you ladies, you young ladies. Don't go in thinking that these older men have all this money. You're going to fool yourself and hurt yourself. Because let me tell you something. The majority of men that retire on fixed income. The reason being, a lot of them work jobs... I don't pay a hell of a lot. Let's think about it for a moment. 80% of taxpayers from 2018 until now didn't make over $100,000 a year. So if you think you're going to get with one of these old guys and live the life of Riley... A lot of them will spend their SSI check on you. But for the most part, what these guys are looking for is love. They could blow their money with any young thing that's walking around. Unless you're bringing that, stay at home. A lot of you young guys dating these older women, it's getting you, they're buying you all kind of shit, treating you like their son in a way. Please understand, more than likely that's temporary. And understand also, a lot of women who age, every year they age, they become that more insecure about themselves. Especially when it looks in the grand scheme of things. When you look at the larger picture of them competing against younger women, that kind of thing. So be sensitive. They're not going to be perfect. They're not going to probably measure up to what you are usually dating in your peer group. So what you have to do? You have to lower your expectations on the physical side and raise your expectations on the character side. 
This is the way you go through life. When you're younger, you're looking at the physical, the optics. By the time you're past 35, you should be looking at the substance. You start looking at the packaging early in life. Later on in life, you're reading the contents. You read when you see it. it. I'll put it to you like this. When you go into the grocery store, you see a package and it has all these beautiful colors. You just go buy it, put it in the bag. It's potato chips, boom. But when you're about 35, guess what you're doing? It's like, okay, nice packaging, but let me look at the label and see what the hell this thing has in it and see how what the glucose is, see what the whatchamacallit is. In other words, you're trying to see whether or not it would be beneficial to you. In the earlier part of your life, you don't really care because you got time to make up. When you get into real time, that's when you start reading the labels and paying attention to detail. The earlier you do this, the better you will be off in life. I know it's challenging at times, and I know you're thinking, well, you know, what would society think? If you're at that point, if you're one of those type of people, the best thing for you to do is to stay in a conventional relationship with someone in your peer group, probably someone in your same race, religion, and political views. You're not cut out for that life. That's your comfort zone. You're not comfortable being outside of it. Don't drag someone else's life out there and then leave it. Leading them on emotionally, that kind of thing. Don't forget, you have feelings and so do other people. Treat people like the way you'd like to be treated. And if you don't like being treated well, or maybe you shouldn't be with someone that likes being treated well. The way you treat yourself is reflective of the way you'll probably treat others. So therefore, you may want to self-check every once in a while. Yes, you're going to be having some temptations along the way. But then you have to look at your reality. What are you dealing with? The type of person you're dealing with. What are you bringing to the table? And I'm not talking financial. I'm talking emotional. You hear a lot of these young people talk about, what are you bringing into the table? As if you're bringing in money or some sort of skill set that's going to make a lot of money. That's very shallow. Very transparent. These people are looking for character. They're looking for love. They're looking for longevity. They're looking for a voice that they can speak through. Many of you ladies in your 40s and up, you love your grandkids. You love your children. You got to set boundaries and standards for them. 
You got to let them know that you have a schedule. You got to let them know that they need your permission in order to babysit and they just don't drop them off, even though you love them. You're not to be used or abused. You've reared your children. It's time for them to rear their own. Some of you never had a babysitter. You sat there with your kids. Maybe you should pass that down to your children so that they can do the same thing with theirs. Instead of dropping them off to you where you're going and you're spoiling them because you love them, and they're going out taking all these exotic vacations, and then they are. And then, in some cases, the children has a better moral background and standing than their own parents do. I've seen it done. You've paid your dues, ladies. You've paid your dues. You've repressed some of the desires that you may have had when you were married. You weren't able to be yourself or even, even find out who the hell you were because you married so young. And you need that breather, that break. We can say, what about me? You don't want to be granny walking around in a duster with the damn stockings rolled up under your knees wearing those Daniel Green slippers and rollers in your hair. Unless you want to do it voluntarily. But it shouldn't be something that that is your fate. You are a woman first. Yes, you became a mother, grandmother, and all that. But you are a woman first. Sometimes you forget that. And you become very robotic. And think you don't have needs. Some of you stayed in marriages that you knew damn well you needed to get out of three years prior. But you stayed on anyway. For the sake of the kids, sake of the family. And then you divorced after the kids were grown. And you thought you were going to get some relief, but now the kids are bringing the grandkids over all the time. And you're babysitting and all the rest of this stuff. And you want to have some time to yourself. You want to have that orgasm. You want to have that time where you can go out and get buck wild if you want to. Find your boyfriend. And do some shit that never been done before in your life with him. It's your prerogative. Instead of sitting back being stoic, displaced, disenfranchised, and a little bit passive-aggressive, resentful. You don't have no time for that. It's time for you to live. And the kids are going to say, well, you know, grandma's being mean. Tell the kids that, of course, because she won't babysit you. No, because here's the thing. You took on that responsibility of having a family just like you did. And many of you did it with little or no help. There's a time and place for everything. So grandma might want to go and get her back blown out. That's fine. She might want to go and have a man, have another relationship, get married again. 
She has a right to do it. But we forget about that. So we punish her by saying, oh, well, you know, you need to be grandma. You need to be cooking cookies and you need to be sitting around at our disposal. Anytime we needed to come over to the house, we could drop the kids off. You're watching an old black and white Western. If you choose to do that voluntarily, that's different. But if you're sitting there and you're gritting your teeth because you wish you could be out there. Now, here's another thing. You guys, I shouldn't be talking about this, but I'm going to talk about it. Because, you know, on this show, I talk about anything inappropriate or whatever. Here's the thing. Some of you young guys out there trying to date these older women. And you know why your little bastards are doing it. Some of you guys like gum jobs. What hit me to this was an email from Rebecca out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'm going to read this to you before I go. I'm 32 years old. I've listened to your show for about a week now and I like what I hear. I'm in a unique situation. I really didn't take care of my health when I was younger. I lost all my teeth. I had them all pulled. Now I wear dentures. I can't afford dental implants right now. I'm hoping to get those in the future. Once I tell a guy that I have dentures, first they laugh, and then they actually want to pursue me. I never thought this would be a thing, but it seems like Men like gum jobs. Well, I'm the gum job queen, LOL. So I got a niche. I'm still going to go and get my dental implants, but for right now, I'm in seventh heaven. I never thought men would even be attracted to me because my teeth were pretty jacked up before I had them pulled. And it seems like now things are working much better. I'm trying to keep my daughter from doing the same thing I did. Going to sleep with candy in her mouth, that kind of thing. It's difficult because I go in her room and I see Jolly Rogers rappers all over the place. I stay on her all the time because I don't want her to wind up like me. But I just want you to share this with your audience that this is a thing. And yes, there are a lot of men into this. Rebecca, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Now, folks, when I first read this email, I almost passed out. But she's telling the truth. There was a guy when I was in the service, fell in love with a 61-year-old woman. And he was 18. And of course, she was his first, so he was like blown away with this lady. And I admit, she was very attractive, Filipino lady. She went to her mouth and pulled out her dentures and put them in a shot glass. At that point, we knew. <laughs> we knew the reason why that happened. Why he was trying to get married to her. Of course, it never came to fruition, thank goodness, because, um, yeah, his dad would have never approved of it. But here's the thing. You'll be surprised. 
at some of the things that people don't mind. True enough, you're going to be discriminated against by people for whatever malady, whatever situation you may have. You're not going to be accepted by everybody. That's the reason why I tell you, universal acceptance is a myth. But one thing that you can count on more so than anything is that there is a niche for you. There are people out there for you. So don't throw your hands up and think that is hopeless because you don't have anyone right now. You just got to keep looking. Stay positive, optimistic, and grounded. Take care, folks. Love you all. Again, listen to the music. Just type in J-A-U-S-A-N on Spotify in the search. Apple, Amazon Music, Deezer, and you can listen to the tracks I made. Also, you can uh, follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. We have a group on Facebook with the same name. You can join there as well. And I'll talk to you guys on tomorrow. Take care. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.